live from Atlanta, Georgia. It's the Zach Ballinger Show, where we help you find your direction, your passion and purpose. My name is Zach Ballinger. I'm your host. Thank you guys so much for joining. Two ways you can join the show. You can always email me before any episode, Zach at ZachBallinger.com. Get a hold of me there. You can interact with the show live via YouTube. So if you're out there listening and you happen to be come across us, put those comments into the comment section of questions. We'll make sure to get them to them, to my guest and myself. Without further ado, thank you so much for the show. It's my pleasure. Thanks for having me. So Gina, you had a unique former career. I would love to learn more about it. You were actually in the FBI. Can you tell us a little bit about it? Yes, for 22 years, I was an FBI agent. And later in my career, I was an assistant special agent in charge. So I've worked everything from Asian organized crime to counterterrorism. And uh, my last assignment was being in charge of cyber and computer forensics for FBI Los Angeles. Wow, that's so cool. So now how do you become because a lot of there's a lot of millennials or uh, high school students or college students, how do you become, how do you get into the FBI? Well, it's a long process. I don't think a lot of people know, but the average age going through the FBI Academy is 31 years old. So we have a lot of people in their thirties and I can tell you, I went through basic training in the army when I was in my early twenties and it was a lot different running and jumping and hiking and doing all those things uh, going through the FBI Academy. Uh, but usually people are in their second career and sometimes even their third career. And uh, it's a long process where go online to fbi.gov, you put your application in, and they have several phases of uh, the interviewing process, as well as taking a physical fitness test, getting a polygraph, background investigation, all of those things. And when I went through in 1996, fewer than 1% of all the applicants actually made it in. I'm not sure what the numbers are now, but it's a very competitive uh, uh, position to get into. Wow. So, you know, if you're being realistic about it, um, probably somebody graduating high school is not going to be able to apply and uh, immediately get into the FBI. There's got to be, you know, experience, correct? Exactly. So you have to, I think the the beginning age is 23 years old. I don't think I've ever known of a 23-year-old FBI agent. <laughs> Usually, like I said, it's a lot older. Um, but you need to have at least three years experience. You have to be a U.S. citizen. Um, if you speak another language, that's great. That'll help you. And right now, they're definitely looking for people who have some sort of information technology skill, skill set. That's uh, one of the things. But they also, I mean, the FBI also takes accountants and attorneys. Um, we had a zookeeper in our class. Uh, so you just never know what they're looking for. We want to be able to have somebody who has some sort of expertise in pretty much everything in, at the FBI. So that's interesting when you say like the three years experience, it doesn't necessarily have to be as a uniformed officer or a um, someone in the military necessarily, right? It could be somebody that's um, in computer science. Absolutely. Or attorneys or accountants. Uh, we had two PhDs in a class that I was a counselor for. So yes, so people from all walks of life and they train you at the FBI Academy in Quantico, Virginia, how to become an FBI agent. That's about a six month uh, class. Um, so and you live there at the Academy and all of that. Uh, but it's not just a career. It's definitely a calling. Uh, when you're finished with the day, you don't put your badge and credentials on a shelf and you don't have to uh, worry about it. It's a 24 hour um, 
passion. So you definitely uh, want to make it your passion if, if you go into the FBI. So a lot of people think of the FBI as field officers, you know, uh, the people that are investigating criminal activities or on the ground. Now, if you were wanting to head towards that passion, you would definitely need to take your experience, I would assume, into law enforcement, correct? Not necessarily, no. Like I said, we had a zookeeper going through the FBI Academy. So we, we will teach you how to be an FBI agent, uh, but we just want skills from all walks of life. And, and that's the reason why the FBI is the premier law enforcement agency in the world is because the people that we bring into the FBI are just so skilled and so experienced and so many different things other than just law enforcement so unique. I did not know that. So very interesting. And then I'm assuming since you said about, you know, when you were going through it, about 1% of the applicants actually make it in, that it, it is rather a rigorous process um, to get in to, right? Just because you, you hear from somebody, you've got to go through this entire application process. Plus mm -hmm. you've got to finish the training. I mean, did you see people at Quantico actually get weeded out there and had to be sent back home or... Yes. That. Yeah, absolutely. And, and usually by the time you make it to Quantico, I mean, you've been vetted and uh, and the field office that is going through the application process as well as our as our headquarters, they're pretty confident in the candidates that go there because it is an, a very expensive process to get a full blown background investigation and and all of the other things that you have to get through. And plus, you know, moving you to Quantico and uh, paying your salary. So, yeah, so they want to make sure that uh, you're definitely what we're looking for <laughs> by the time you get to the academy. But for there are reasons, whether that it's a judgment reason or you can't uh, qualify with a firearm or you can't put handcuffs on someone, you know, there's, there are different reasons why, but usually judgment um, is, is an issue. We have to have people with stellar judgment um, at the FBI. So why, why choose this career? Like what made you decide that you wanted to, you said it would be, it's kind of like a higher calling. What, why did you want to do this and what did you love about it? Well, originally I wanted to work for the CIA and I spent six years in the army as a counterintelligence agent doing that type of work and getting my four-year degree because you have to have a four-year degree to work for the CIA or the FBI. And then the opportunity for the FBI came up but I'm very big on serving, uh, serving my country. I'm a very patriotic person and I wanna help people. And I just thought that this would be a really great way to do it. Plus I wanted to travel and I wanted to do something that was just sort of off the beaten path and not necessarily something that everybody else uh, was doing. And uh, I got so many great experiences from it. It was just a tremendous 28 year career. It's amazing. Uh, thank you for your service. We really appreciate anybody that, uh, that does that. Um, so, you know, back up a little bit, you did say that you do need a four-year degree to work in the FBI. So that might be good for the high school students to know that um, you can't just graduate high school and, and apply for the FBI. You do have to have a four-year degree, correct? Yes. Plus uh, three years work experience on top of that. Plus you have to get, be able to get through the background investigation. And that is so important. Whenever I go out and I speak, I work, I'm on the board of directors for the Girl Scouts. And whenever I'm speaking to girls or high school students, I always tell them that 
you definitely want to start now. You want to start with making good decisions. You don't want to get into drugs or alcohol or any of those things. You don't want to post inappropriate things online or say inappropriate things online because I think we've seen over the last several years, so many people, um, you know, get hung up on things that they have said that uh, is offensive or possibly offensive to other people or uh, deemed, you know, in an in a inappropriate way. So I always tell high school students, start your good decision decision making now because uh, they'll look at all of that. And in fact, all employers now, if they're not looking at social media for the people that they hire, they're definitely making a big mistake. Great point. You know, um, I talked to it about through the lies of LinkedIn, where even college students, millennials, even some, um, you know, folks in their 50s and 60s, uh, everything's negative on LinkedIn. And those there's an algorithm where that pops up into your feed. And the more you see that, you're kind of surprised by it. And guess what? As people see it, it pops up more in their feed. Mm -hmm. So uh, make sure you keep uh, everything professional. And I like even your, your frame of mind, because you're saying at, at a young age, those comments that you make at 14, 15, 16 years old could even maybe disqualify you from an application process, um, of your dream job. Absolutely. That is so true. And I've seen it. I've seen it happen where people make mistakes or they, you know, I mean, it's, it's just now is the, t the time for those folks to start with a clean slate and not have to to have those uncomfortable conversations when you're getting a polygraph and working, you know, trying to get into your dream job as an FBI agent. So I can kind of imagine this question. It, it probably sounds a little crazy that I'm asking this, but um, I think, you know, even though you have a calling for the FBI and the passion for it, what was some of the difficulties that people need to know? I mean, obviously I can kind of think of some, but for you and asking you, what's the hardest part about it? You know, just seeing the, the, the underground of society that's very, very dark, working with criminals and seeing the, the consequences of their actions. So like I said, I worked organized crime and, and worked cases for murder for hire and extortions and loan sharking. So, I mean, just really working in an environment that, that isn't something that I grew up with for sure. And then also terrorism, I mean, responding to terrorist attacks and uh, cyber hacks and seeing the consequences of those types of things up close and personal. So that that was very difficult. And the level of responsibility that you have, um, that kind of take that can take a toll at times. But none of those things I wouldn't have give. I mean, I wouldn't give up the experiences that I had. It was just an absolutely phenomenal career. I really enjoyed it. So if we take you back in a time machine and we were to drive back in time, second, third, fourth, fifth grade, was there a dream career you always dreamed of doing? You know, I always, I was a big dreamer and I always wanted to be a writer. When I was in junior high school, I used to write Laverne and Shirley and Happy Days episodes for fun. And I wrote a, a full movie when I was in high school. So that's always sort of been in the back of my mind that that has pushed me as a um, looking for new experiences just so I can write about them. And so when I retired from the FBI in 2018, I was, I mean, I had, I had prepared, you know, probably 
10 years or more because I've always written in my in my lifetime. But I'm, now I'm working on developing television shows and writing a book and I'm doing a podcast, which is all storytelling. So that was one thing that I always wanted to do was tell stories, but I had to go out and find the experiences to talk about. So awesome that, you know, I encourage people now to look back on their past when they're in elementary school to see if there's a theme or even overlapping themes or even characteristics or qualities that people have that they can, you know, extract and maybe put it in their career. But you've taken this to an encore career and, um, you know, and writing was there when you were young and now you've taken it on to your second passion in life. So that's, that's an amazing thing when you look, look back and see uh, what your dreams were as a kid. So yeah. th thanks yeah. for sharing that. Sure. What, you know, I know you worked in many functions in the FBI, but what was a typical day like? You know, I'm sure, you know, with every career, everybody always says, well, it just depends on the day. But, you know, like if you walk us through, because I love doing perceptorships and I think um, it's so critical for people to do those if they think they want to be something. But, uh, you know, it'd probably be hard to do a job shadowing in the FBI because of security clearances and stuff like that. So we have this unique experience where I can ask you if somebody gets up with you in the morning, you were an FBI agent they and they leave the office with you. What does that day look like? Gosh, it could, you never know what your day is going to look like. <laughs> so for people who need structure and they need to have the routine, this is definitely not a job for you. So I'll talk about when I was an agent, because when I was an executive, it was completely different. But as an FBI agent, you, you know, know, have an idea as to what your day was like. I was very fortunate to work at a local police department, the Westminster Police Department, working Asian organized crime in a district called Little Saigon in Orange County, California, which was the largest population of Vietnamese people outside of Vietnam. So my day would start going to the department and uh, I sat in a one big room with uh, three detectives and a DA investigator and a, a, a support person. And really we would look at the day, what are we gonna do today? You could be out on surveillance one day, you can be wiring up a, an informant the next day. So it really just depends. But if something comes through the door um, and it happened many times, there was somebody who was going to get killed because he owed $40,000 to a loan shark. So that kind of took precedent over, um, you know, keeping that person alive that day. So, so you just never know, you know, sometimes you're doing search warrants, sometimes you're going out to arrest somebody. So, so really is, it just depends on, on where you are in your investigation. If you're just starting a new investigation, you're probably sitting at your desk going through bank records or, or other types of evidence that uh, may help you solidify your case. Wow. Yeah. Sounds pretty intense for sure. And definitely unique. Um, so what does somebody do? Cause you mentioned the qualifications that you needed to have before you apply for the FBI, but what can a young person do to start working on this? You know, what, what you know, you mentioned judgment being one of them that they have to have as a FBI. Um, you mentioned a clean slate, making right decisions, even when you're young, but, how can somebody be developing physically and mentally if this is something that they want to pursue? So I would say staying in good shape uh, because you have to pass a physical fitness test before you go into the FBI. And a lot of people who have 
dreamed their entire lives of being FBI agents. They always come to me and they ask me the same question. And I say, follow your passion. If the law is your passion and you want to be an attorney, go be an attorney. If you want to be a zookeeper, if you know animals are your passion, go be a zookeeper. Because when you're interviewed for the FBI, they want to hear about your leadership and your judgment and you know how you've collaborated with people. So they have different questions that they ask you during the interview process. And if you're not passionate about what you're doing before you get into the FBI, you're not really going to be able to interview well, because if you say, well, I did this or I did that, you know, as opposed to having this intense passion for what you've done, that's definitely going to help you through the interview process. And you also have to think that, you know, so many people don't make it into the FBI. You want to do something that you're passionate about just in case, for whatever reason, um, you don't get in and then you can continue to, to enjoy what you're doing. Love the advice. It's it's for a lot of the high profile careers out there. You know, I've had a chance in this role as a podcast host to interview a lot of different people from really cool walks of life that have either talked about the NFL, the NBA, acting, opera, ballet, you name it, where if you look at the statistical amount of people actually working in that career, it's very low correct? Like you said, 1% of people actually make it out of the process and even a lesser degree make it to the NFL or the NBA. And so we got to have that backup plan. What is your passion? What is your purpose? And how can you translate that into the marketplace to go win? And I love that you talked about that. Just pursue something that you enjoy doing. And then you can always come back later to um, this dream that you have in mind if you don't make it to the next level. So if you don't make it to be a big time actor, you have something else in your pocket that you're working towards. Love it. Love it. So you mentioned you retired in 2018 and you mentioned a little bit about writing and podcasts. What are you doing now? What do you uh, uh, tell us about your show, your books? So, okay. Uh, so I'm, I'm writing, I, I can't really tell you about the television shows that I'm writing about. Sure. Uh, we're still trying to get them developed and, uh, and uh, purchased by a network. Uh, so I'm still working on that. But usually what I like to write about are strong female characters uh, in law enforcement. So, um, you know, I, I use the story stories, the experiences that, that I have had. And I'm doing a podcast called Lead Like a Lady. And uh, if someone would have accused me of leading like a lady when I was a brand new agent, I think I would have been offended like that uh, by that. But what it means to me is that you know, sometimes when women are working in male dominated fields, they take on the characteristics and the leadership traits of the people who are around them. And, and for me, I only, like I said, 14% of the agents were women when I went into the FBI in 1996. And when I left in 2018, only 20% of all agents were, were women. So, um, so the podcast that I have, it focuses on these remarkable women who have made it to the top in male dominated industries. And we, and the more I rose the, up, up the ladder, um, the more I used my feminine skill sets, my leadership skill sets, and I became more of an authentic leader because I became more confident within myself and in my leadership abilities. So I kind of used the soft leadership skills like um, collaboration and, you know, my good judgment and communication and things like that, building relationships. And the more I used what was sort of inherent into who I was as a leader, the more I would shine. So that's what 
my podcast is about is for women and men because there are a lot of great tips. I have a, I have a bunch of firefighters in uh, Los Angeles listening to the podcast, but really we bring in these remarkable women and talk about how they lead authentically. So awesome. Now, how if some people are out there listening and they want to know more about this, where do they go to find your, your show? They can listen through their favorite podcast provider or go to to GinaLosborne.com and you can learn more about me. Uh, I'm also an executive coach and uh, I do a variety of different things. So, um, so yeah, please visit me at my website. And I also have a free gift for your listeners, Zach. If you go to my website, GinaLosborne.com, you can uh, download two free eBooks. One is um, eliminating chaos from your business and your life. And the other one is uh, tips on being a, uh, a woman in a male dominated field and uh how to lead authentically so awesome thank you so much for for that um kind invitation and so what we'll do guys is we'll put this into the comment section and the youtube video for you guys if you want to uh follow gina and definitely check out her podcast what she's doing out there i think it's uh pretty motivating um so let's get to the some of the questions that came in from the audience and see um if we can answer these so the first question that comes in says i'm a police officer sir right now my passion is detective work um so according to this interview you would have me go on uh try to get be a detective and then later on if i wanted to pursue the fbi that's a route I could possibly go. Is this correct information? So I would say, I don't know how long you've been a police officer or how long it takes to get uh, to become a detective in your department, but you really only need three years experience, but you have to also know that you're going to be competing with 30 to 35 year olds as well. So I would say continue down your path and learn as much as you possibly can as a police officer and a detective. And when you feel that you are competitive based on your leadership experience and, and your law enforcement experience, then I would say uh, go to FBI.gov and put in. Next question comes in, is there academic requirements such as a GPA, uh, minimum amount of GPA you have to have as a college student and next question comes in is there an academic test you have to take in the application process so i would assume that they you have to have a you know i don't i'm not really sure about that um as far as a gpa they're not looking for a 4.0 for sure, because that's going to be a, a while back if you're, you know, 31 years old or older. Um, but again, we do have agents coming in and they're in their 20s as well. So I don't think that's as much of uh, something that they're going to be looking at. They're going to be looking more at your experience. They're going to be looking more at, um, you know, the things that you've done in your life that makes you a whole person, not just specifically one thing. Gotcha. Um, next question that comes in is says, um, do, do, do people go back and get their degrees? Have you seen that happen where they've got the amount of work experience, then they go and get a degree and then apply? 
Yes, in fact, that's what I did. I got my first two years of college and then I went into the army and it took me about four years to get the rest of my education because I was on the road so much. So, so yes, so it's not a conventional, you go to high school, you go to college and then you do the, your three years experience and then you go elsewhere. There are people, like I said, who, who have gone out and gotten their, their PhDs. And so they have limited experience than someone like me who was chasing spies across Europe when I was 21 years old. Um, but I didn't get my degree until later. So, you know, it, it just, what they're looking at, like I said, is the whole person and how you can contribute to the FBI mission. And the last question, it's a little unique one, not a career question, but, um, I found it interesting. So I'll ask, um, how accurate is the silence of the lambs movie? with Clary Starling as an FBI agent. You know, I don't want to ruin it for people, but <laughs> we, we do not allow our FBI Academy students to uh, carry a gun outside of uh, the firearms uh, part of the class. So unfortunately, no, but that's one thing about Hollywood. You know, they sprinkle the fairy dust to make it more interesting. I don't know if following me around in any given day was uh, worth good television. <laughs> This is one of my favorite movies, so that's why I wanted to ask. So um, we won't ruin it for you. Just go watch it and enjoy it. Don't don't look at it through that lens. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. It's definitely great cinema. <laughs> well, Gina, this has been great. You know, um, I really appreciate it. Um, you coming on and informing our audience about your former career and also the cool things you're doing with your new podcast, as well as the, the eBooks that you have for my audience. We really enjoyed this. Thank you for coming on, giving back your time and helping people find careers they love. And you'll be a part of our career library. This episode will be uploaded in there. We do appreciate this great information uh, along with a fascinating career, both then and now. Thank you so much, Zach. It's been fun. Have a great day. You too.